This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. to our listeners. Today I'm so pleased to be bringing you the next installment in our series Developing Tomorrow's Leaders Today with Natalie Holmes. Welcome Natalie. Let me just start off by saying that if you are looking for an interesting and thought-provoking podcast series, look no further. Natalie Holmes is the Director of Conscious Connections. She has worked in counselling, education and training for the bulk of her career. Her areas of expertise are all around young people. From parenting coaching to youth to adolescence coaching to continual coaching for a person's life and career, including subject choice and career studies and, of course, training guidance. Her passion lies with helping people prepare or helping young people prepare for an unpredictable future. Her flagship program is called Future Leaders Development Program, and young people around the world are finding a great sense of self-awareness and discovering where they will make their biggest impact going forward. Together, Natalie and I will be exploring some of the key leadership skills and discussing various strategies for their development. Part one of the series focuses on the core skills of self-awareness. Part two, exploring collaboration, as we focus on the key skills needed to work effectively within teams. In part three, which is where we are today, it really focuses on learning to lead, which is such a key skill. Welcome, Natalie. I'm so thrilled to be discussing this with you today. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me again. Fantastic. So let's start off with the key question. First of all, what is the actual difference or what distinguishes good leaders from poor leaders? I think we all know, but how do you put that into words? <laughs> I think a good leader is, is one who empowers others. To me, good leadership means effective communication, active listening, accountability, you know, being good at collaboration having empathy, being flexible, being driven, focused on the team objectives, having a growth mindset, I think is key, being enthusiastic, optimistic, approachable, being good at problem solving, having a high level of self-awareness, being respectful and respected, having compassion, confidence. I think if you could wrap all those things into one, you would have what I think is a good leader. And then obviously a bad leader doesn't have those things. So. Absolutely. That's so interesting. It's almost, you can feel the difference. It's difficult yeah. to articulate articulate though and kind of put your finger on on what that is and obviously there's a lot written and researched about in this space but it's it's the feeling that leaders give to to their teams isn't it yeah I mean you, you know you want to follow a good leader you know you just naturally it's almost a natural progression but a bad leader just rubs you up the wrong way you just think oh why should I you know why should I why should I do this why should I listen so yeah absolutely it's something you feel but I think if we break it down we come to those those are what are present. Absolutely. And, you know, when we're stepping into it, it's quite a difficult transition moving from, you know, managing self or, or being just part of a team to suddenly going into leading that team. What recommendations do you make for young people that are, are making that transition into their first leadership role? I mean, there's so many things, but I think if you, you're stepping into a new role, it's critical that you 
have that self-awareness. You know, you've got to know yourself. And I think one of the things traditional leadership used to be is that it was quite an autocratic style where the boss was right, nobody questioned it, and you just did as you were told. And for me, that's a show of arrogance. So I think when you're stepping into a leadership space, you have to ditch the arrogance. Um, I, I believe that's the difference between coercion and cooperation, um, the kind of leadership that doesn't work anymore to force people or to to say, do as I do, not as I say, kind of thing. Um, and I think you have to give up that idea of, of the leader being right, you know, and, and worthy simply because of a title. So, yeah, I think you have to be humble and embrace a different type of leadership if you're stepping into a leadership. Absolutely. That ability to not only be humble, but to almost not bog yourself down with the need to, to know exactly that next step to take or what that five-year plan is going to look like, for instance. I don't think any of us can do five-year plans anymore, no. just given mm-hmm. given what we've been yeah. through. But almost that being comfortable with your own limitations is so important yeah. in leadership today. How is that currently being cultivated? And I suppose, you know, how are people responding to that? Is it what teams are looking for or... Are they sitting back and thinking, you know, because my leader perhaps doesn't have a five-year trajectory, it it creates a sense of uncomfortability. What is actually going on in that space? I think authenticity is key. I think people want real people in their world. And I think if you you have a leader who is just real and themselves and, and humble about their strengths and limitations and open about it, I think that is what people want. You know, you automatically like people who are real. So I think authenticity is quite critical in that. And it's okay then if you say, look, you know, we've got this five-year plan and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, because who knows what's around the corner, given, you know, what the last two years we've been through. It's okay. People would rather that than say, okay, we have this set in stone. This is exactly the way we're going because down deep down you're going rubbish because how do they really know? You know, so that authenticity is is key. Absolutely. It's often said that stepping into a leadership role can sometimes be quite isolating because you're suddenly pulled apart from that team and you're now having to step into a more authoritative role it it fundamentally changes your makeup and then obviously you're privy to information that sometimes can't share with the rest of the team how do people overcome this how do you start dealing with this was a a higher level of isolation than that was present before no i think it can be isolating in that you feel the weight of the responsibility of your team on your own shoulders and and often as leaders we feel that's our weight to carry alone but i really think the way new leadership is emerging makes a lot less lonely place you know there if there's open communication, proper collaboration, in that the goals of the team are shared and open, then it needn't be as lonely. And I think if a team can operate as a whole, then the leader doesn't need to feel alone. And then that's the way leadership is going. It's not that traditional boss at the top hierarchy kind of structure anymore. And what are the kind of skills? What is the difference? Because if you think about it, our management courses that are being taught today are still based on on older world thinking or pre-pandemic thinking or leadership styles. And although there has been a a shift of late into becoming a more empathetic leader or, you know, practicing deeper communication skills or practicing care, certainly now that focus from a leadership perspective is placed on team well-being, discovering purpose, you know, putting people first, etc., how are we coping with that transition? Is it easier to teach it, you know, to, to teenagers versus perhaps a leader that has been leading for quite a number of years and is quite cemented in their ways. To some extent, I do think it's easier to teach to young people. They're more pliable, malleable, they're open to more things than someone who is 
old and set in their ways. But I think the core skills that a leader needs don't really change depending on the age. You know, um, yes, they're more open to it. And I think children have a very strong drive or need for fairness. You know, if things are fair, they're much more likely to cooperate. And traditional leadership was never really that fair. But more modern leadership is much fairer. In, and, and so kids are more open to that. They understand the collaboration behind it or the equality that needs to exist or just that general open collaboration. There are a lot more gear to, to go into these flatter organizations as, as, of course, we start flattening them out over time. Yeah, absolutely, because it seems more fair. Like, uh, you know, no one wants to, you're not the boss of me. That's kind of like a childish thing people say, but that's how everybody feels. No one wants to have a, a boss that they have to listen to. But if we're a team, that's so much more easier to swallow, you know, and much happier way to conduct business. And to tell us a little bit more about your program and how you go about really developing these these core leadership skills. So what are you what are you teaching? What are some of the techniques that you are using? Now, as I've mentioned before, we do this initial assessment on each individual and, and we know where their natural inclination lies towards leadership. And then we talk around that. So so if for instance you are a high strategist, that's one of the profiles according to this GC index profile um, assessment, then you kind of lead with ideas and strategies. That that's your thing. You, you know that you're at your best when you can see and clearly articulate direction, change, action within a strategic context. And that takes account of the commercial and operational and people needs. And, and that is what we would say is your leadership superpower as a strategist. But then, of course, we also look at the blind spots, you know. So what are your possible blind spots? And we make them aware, you know, that they can maybe become bored with routine and details, that they do have less energy for actually putting those ideas into action and for finishing and completing. So, so we talk around that and we say, you know, you'll know that you may become easily distracted because of your tendency to like moving from one exciting idea to the next and one possibility to the next. So it's something we would make a strategist aware of is, is that they need to work with a team of people who are good at the follow through and, and have others around them who can convert those ideas into reality. So while we focus on the leadership skills, we also make sure that the way we coach these people into their superpower, as we call it, is is through these hands-on activities and we give them opportunities to work in teams and lead and make this theory come to life in a way that's practical and obvious. So we're giving them those moments for those light bulb, you know, realizations. So yeah, that's kind of how we go about teaching these techniques. Fantastic. And in the, you mentioned, you know, obviously the GC index and, and almost developing a profile or allowing individuals to complete that assessment and develop their own profile. Is there a particular profile, you mentioned strategist, is there a particular profile that is you know, best suited for leadership or is it around what are some of the other kind of profiles that an individual could have and how, do, how would you coach them into, into a leadership role? So the beauty of our assessment is that it's not a binary thing. It's not good or bad. Um, it's just this is who you are. This is how you lead. And so for each of the five, five profiles, they're five, and often people are a combination of two, they're different ways in that. So, so if you're a polisher, for instance, who's like a perfectionist, you know, great attention to detail, their leadership style can be quite inspiring because people will, you know, they have this continual strive for improvement and perfection, and, and that can be inspiring to other people. So their leadership style is inspirational. The blind side to that is it can be limiting because people will go, oh my word, I'd never do it as good as her, so I'm definitely not going to do it, you know. That's the kind of thing we would discuss if you were a polisher. You know, if you are a game changer, which is one of the others, you know, you, you have this incredible big picture, big ideas, like almost a disregard for anything 
incrementally changing. You have this revolutionary way of wanting to do things. And so that is very, it's engaging as a leader. You know, you can paint these beautiful big pictures of new and exciting things. But the blind side to that then is that you might be intolerant of anything that's come before. You know, you're kind of going, I don't know, just because that's there doesn't mean we, we have to do it that way. So we talk to each of their profiles and go, right, this is you. So this is how you can lead. This is the greatest thing about you. But just be aware, these are the things that might come you know, the blind spots to that. Um, I mean, with the different profiles, it's, it's enlightening. And the beauty of the GC index is that it's based on a business cycle. So you know, if you think of a business, you have a new idea, which would be your game changer. They come up with the revolutionary ideas. You have to then get planning and make it happen, which is your strategist. You have to actually get things moving and people have to action it. And that's your implementer. Your polisher, your perfectionist is the one who's going, how can we make this better? And then your playmaker is kind of your team collaboration like they're all about the the greater picture and and they're inclusive and making sure everybody works together so when you put it into a business cycle language you're kind of going actually in a business we need all those people it's it's a fantastic tool and i really enjoy using it because it's so hands-on and practical and and visual i think that sounds great i think it's you know just coming back to one of our first episodes that we recorded just giving teenagers this gift of self-awareness which is certainly Mm. something I wish I had at that age you know the ability to to truly understand where I fit into this picture and and, you know what my boundaries are within that and and why I probably don't perform in certain contexts as well as I do in others so certainly is a a big gift to to have out there is this self-knowledge thank you so much I have really enjoyed this this discussion and I'm really looking forward to our next one in which we are going to be focusing on really looking at future planning because it's so important not only to have these foundational skills but it's kind of where do we want to go with these so that is really the next one that we'll be focusing on Uh, for those that haven't heard yet natalie runs the future leaders development program i'm going to hand over to her for a second just to give us a little bit more context about this program and what what it aims to achieve thanks karen and yeah i enjoyed the chat today too thank you for having me i mean my passion is basically bridging the gap between the world of work and the world of education. So we've developed this program that can look at how we prepare our kids for the future, you know, given the future so unpredictable, what is the way to ensure that they have a future career and that they have job security? And for me, that is letting them know where they can make their biggest impact, you know, what energizes them, what gets them out of bed every day and and that passion, like where their strengths are. So we do this personal assessment to increase their self-awareness. Um, we focus on all the things that you need to in business, you know, collaboration, teamwork, leadership. And all the while we bring it back to what their unique profile is. Because I think if you can go into the future or walk into an interview and they say, what are your strengths and weaknesses? You know, everyone fumbles at that question. But if you've done this kind of a program, you go, right, these are my strengths. This is my leadership style. Um, these are my, you know, my limitations or blind spots. But I know myself. Go into an interview where someone can go, holy cow, this kid really knows what, what they can add, you know, to this organization. They're completely open about what their limitations are. Like, what a gift, you know. So that's kind of what our program's ultimate goal is excellent one of the nicest things i like about your program is this lifetime growth club which obviously includes coaching you know for the rest of their lives which i think is so important because everybody could do with a coach Um, and essentially you provide that from entry level all the way through to to a c-suite position so i think that's really great from a a lifelong learning perspective and a a lifelong self-development or self-awareness perspective so i think that's fantastic Uh, for more information 
people can contact you directly on info at consciousconnections.co.za. Thank you.